Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Okay, you guys. So today's episode is, I would say, the episode that I've most wanted to do. Uh, and it's taken a while to get our schedules coordinated and life happens. Um, but I'm so excited to share uh, Stacy Kraftcheck with you guys today. She's an internationally renowned professional animal communicator, a psychic medium, and Reiki master teacher. And I just want to say that before I get started, um, that Stacy is someone that has been such like integral part of my growth the last five and a half years. And she's someone who honestly, in the last five and a half years, I've probably had the most like heartbreak, the most joy, the most growth. And when I sat down to get ready for this episode, I got super emotional. So I just am so excited to share her with you, Stacy. Thank you for being open to being on. Oh, Thank you, Lindsay. I am honored to be here and I am so grateful our schedules and the stars finally aligned. And I want to thank you for who you are as well as what you do and who you are as your, your clients and to your family and to your friends. And I'm so proud of you because you have come such a long way and you continue to be a light even through all of the shit you've gone through. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I just, I'm, I've had a lot of people that like, they, they're like, okay, I love the personal development. I love the stuff you do. You lost me at psychic. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> so yes. can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and you know, how you connect with animals? And also if some, for the person that doesn't have an animal, I find that, um, when I go to recommend you to people, sometimes they're like, but I don't have an animal. I'm like, you don't need one. You don't need one. But I just would love for you to explain a little bit about your process. Yes. The word psychic, it has such a negative connotation from the old beliefs of the gypsies and looking to the, the fortune, the crystal balls. And let me tell you your fortune and, you know, give me money and I will tell you more. And it just, it's a very negative, heavy connotation. I, I am using the word intuitive more than psychic, and that kind of feels a little calmer and, and easier for people to understand. Plus, we're all born psychic or intuitive, and we all have our intuitive gifts and in knowing of whether we can trust people. And it kind of goes just really to the basics of nature and to everything that we all have within us. And for me, it just, I developed it more and took lots of classes and read lots of books. And I'm able to help people as well as animals. And even though people may not be into it for themselves, sometimes people are desperate to help their animals. And then they find someone like me as an animal communicator and, hey, this is what's going on. The vets aren't able to help. You know, we're thinking about adding another animal or our other animal passed and we're just looking for a closure, you know, different things like that. So sometimes when life throws us these curveballs and nothing else is working, that's when people will come and kind of find me to give them guidance and to communicate telepathically with them. 
So I'll just kind of stop there if that was uh, too much or not enough. No, I, um, I was just thinking about how, I don't know if they find you or you find them. It's not clear. It's just, I, I know for me, I feel like it was like, that's exactly what happened. I feel like I had, you know, was in the salon, Capone was barking and acting different. And one of my clients told me about you. And I feel like it was like the tip of the iceberg and, a lot of the things you just shared about how you help people transition with an animal. I, I thought maybe it might be helpful if I just shared a couple of the scenarios that you've walked me through some, I'm not comfortable sharing super in depth, but others, like when we got a rescue dog and we needed to rehome him, you helped us with that. You helped me, you know, re, you know, to like get out of a business partnership. You helped me like the, the insights and just the, um, I don't know. I just feel like it's a mix of like, I feel like you are like a healer, but also like you said, intuitive and even, um, I don't know, like, like almost like a life coach. And, uh, when I describe you to people, um, what I say about you is I say, you're a down ass bitch. (laughs) I don't know why. I just want people to know your vibe is not like your vibe is not like, uh, kumbaya. It's so real. And it's so, uh, a delivery that speaks to me and allows me to really hear what you're saying because it's so everyday, like realness. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That is a compliment. And I do, I feel like I'm a down ass bitch. I'm a, a ride or die. I can be soft and gentle and loving when it needs to be done. And then I'm also there to be stern and kind of give you that nudge or that push out of the nest to make that jump or leap or when we hit that terror barrier, when it's just like right on the other side is where the gold or the juicy nugget is or the relief, just like, just keep going. And I definitely feel that I am all of that for other people, as well as my mentors who have now passed have been there for me where I can sit and boohoo of like, poor me, this is what's going on. And then my teacher would be like, okay, great. Got that out of your chest. Now these are the tools. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go. And then sometimes when we have people like intuitives or mediums or tarot card readers is that they, they see things bigger than what we're able to see. And then sometimes it just takes time for us to grow into it. And for my, um, I guess my dynamic, my characteristics is like, I'm very true. I'm very authentic and I'm very real. And I love for people to be that way with me, with me. And I also feel there's a, a, a fine line from being real to being cruel and just, oh, I just tell it like it is where, you know, it can be very hurtful for people where I'm like, you know, you not that you sugarcoat it, but there's just different ways to go about it. Um, and that's just my goal and intention is to live an authentic life as an intuitive, as a reader, as a medium. Um, but just, you know, who I am in my personal life is also who I am in my uh, professional life. And just however I can be of service, that's, I put that intention out there every morning when I wake up. I love that. I I would say having worked with you, I feel that that is definitely what you're doing. And the thing that you've said to me that like keeps coming up that I feel like was one of the many gifts you've given me was when I said to you, I don't know, I get confused. Like, I don't know, like if I want to have another kid and you very calmly said, you're not confused. And I was like, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. And I was like, I was like, it was like the biggest gift. I feel like, I mean, there's been so many from you, but that one most recently, because it was something I was struggling with in society is like, 
no, you don't want, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. And I don't know. I feel like that, regardless of like what the scenario is for you to be able to hold that kind of space for a person and to just mirror back to them, like, no, you're not confused. I'm like, I'm not confused. (laughs) It is such like, I can't even put like uh, a value on how valuable that is. Oh, thank you. And what I have found for myself and others is that sometimes we need somebody else to give us permission to permission to be okay with where we are, with the decision that we feel intuitively in our gut, in our soul, like that's okay. And no is a complete sentence. So putting up a boundary for you, whether it's friends or family, even longtime friends, decades that people are having a hard time with of saying no or pulling back from is it is okay to change our minds, to say no, and to turn left instead of right, to say yes to an invitation or to a party. And then at the last minute to change our mind, apologetically, of course, but if it doesn't feel good and it doesn't fit and it's not in alignment, it's okay. And we just need permission from ourselves and sometimes from a family member, a friend, or from a stranger. It is okay to cry, to let go, to whatever it is. We need permission for ourselves to just be where we're at. I love that. And like you were saying earlier that you think everyone, you know, has the ability to connect with their intuition. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, I think for so many of us, like we get going in our lives and our careers and we start doing it the way we see someone else doing it. And we slowly, you know, starting in childhood or whatever, like lose touch with that inner connection. And I would love for you to speak to like how people can find it again, how much, if it's a spectrum of like, do some people have more of it than others? Is it just some people work with it? What is, what is this like intuition inner knowing and how does it like manifest for different people? That's a great question. We are all born with these intuitive, natural gifts and abilities. And even just like going outside and playing with the dirt as children and, and children or animals are the most open to spirit, to the divine, the good and the bad, because they don't know how to decipher, you know, necessarily between the good and the bad of just lingering energy that doesn't need to be around. And for us humans, I just want to touch on that is just learning to protect their energy with like a little bubble of light and everything's all intention, what we put out to the world. A lot of times we're segueing Lindsay, but uh, when kids have nightmares, and their things are underneath the bed or they're in the closets, there is a, a true thing for that. And what you can do is just put a bubble of light calling in, you know, the divine beings or angels, whoever you pray to or believe in is just to station um, an angel by their bed, or you get a little angel figurine, close the closet doors. Cause that is also bad feng shui to have door closets open. Um, but just to, to empower your children as well of just, if something doesn't feel good, you send it away. Cause they do see spirits. So that's really important. And I've taught a protect your energy workshop for your humans and your animal family. And that is also like a, a tool that literally saved my life, especially when I would sleep at night where they would kind of stand at the end of my bed and shake my bed like an earthquake to wake me up because they needed help to cross over. And I know this is kind of like a little weird, but you will be surprised that when you start to do that with your, your children, you'll, they'll have less and less night terrors. You actually had me do that with Birdie and it's helped a ton because she was having so many nighttime tears and we always say cover her in light 
surround her in light. You know, we say that to her in her prayer at night and it does make a difference. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Thank yeah. You. She still wakes up from time to time, but she's a toddler. It's not, but I do think she was waking up having like, you could tell she was terrified. Mm-hmm. And so we, we don't skip that really because it does make a difference. It does. And that's great. And so that's part of the intuition, the abilities and how we can protect our, our humans as well as our animals. And even circling back to how we're all, we all have access to it. And sometimes it's just discernment where there is light, there's dark, but it's just more that I, everything I do is in the light and I don't pay attention to the dark. I just know how to, to, to shield clear and protect my energy and my space. And that's why I'm able to teach that with others. So I, I don't ever focus or harp on the negative, but you know, I can help people with that if that ever comes to be. But when we grow up, we're as children, we're outside playing in nature and the dirt, like everything, we're just connected oneness, everything around us. And when we start going to, whether it's pre-K, kindergarten, we're all starting to, to be taught time and space and everything kind of gets, that's the right brain of the intuition. The left brain is the analytics of everything, time and space. And so it kind of gets taught out of us and creatively, creatively, sorry, I can't talk. (laughs) It's getting like into the music or arts and crafts is just like keeping the right brain open meditation, obviously, but just for children growing up is make sure they have access and they use both the right and left brain hemisphere. And that will help to keep them open. And that helps also teach us as the parents of how to live life more free and just see the oneness around everything. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, most of the people that listen to this podcast are, you know, you know, well, everyone has creativity, but a lot of them are hairstylists. And I think about, you know, there's a lot of creativity and there's a lot of like, you know, that, you know, that child that didn't get lost, they end up being a hairstylist, but Mm. they also, we also can absorb people's energy. And I feel like more so than other people, it's maybe what drew us to the profession or subconsciously, are there any recommendations you have for people to not, because I know for me for years, I did, I was unconsciously absorbing other people's energy. What would you recommend for people that, you know, and it doesn't have to be a hairstylist, people that are doing that. Completely. And that even goes to bartenders, teachers, doctors, anybody who's immersed in somebody else's physical presence. Even if there's like 10 or 12 clients a day, or sometimes 20 clients a day, nurses, whatever it may be, is we as humans, as well as animals are like little psychic sponges. And we're constantly, whether uh, we're intentionally or unintentionally aware is we're absorbing other people's energies. One thing that I always do before I get out of bed at night is I, what we talked about is putting that white light bubble around me, stating the intent of only love and light can penetrate this bubble the most important thing with that is that I'm grounding my feet to the earth where I'm present. And the more present you are, or we are in our bodies and our surroundings throughout the day. It's not always easy. It is a mindful practice <sighs> and taking these deep breaths. We start to feel when we start to get pulled out a little bit more like, Oh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Or I'm starting to get a little anxious or irritated. So let me breathe. And I also, when I'm working with clients, you know, back-to-back people, 15-minute breaks in between, I ring my Tibetan singing bowl, and that's the intention of clearing the space. 
I'll have a, an essential oil mister, or you can just have a water bottle mister, and then you can pray over it with the intention to clear the space of the person who was sitting in your chair, your office, your cubicle, wherever it may be. Especially if you have a home office, you want to make sure you cleanse it on a regular basis as well. Sage, Palo Santo. So something that it could be a visual, tangible thing where the smell or the sound, or you walk outside or the back room, deep breath, kind of wiggle out neck, shoulders, feel your hands and feet. Uh, and then the one thing I say that people laugh at me is, but when you squeeze your glutes, it gets us out of our head and into our body and then take nice deep breaths as you do that and then release, and then you squeeze them again. Nobody has to know that's what you're doing, whether you're on the phone or even standing behind them as they're in your chair and then practice breathing. And that will really help. And then whether at the end of the workday or at the end of the day, you can just go outside or say a prayer of anything in, that I absorb that's not mine, that's not serving me for my highest and greatest good. I send it to the sun's rays for transmutation or to the earth below to transmute into love or nothingness or oneness, but just a positive statement of your intention and just clearing it. And then the last thing is if there are days that that is not working, a shower, just with the intention of the shower being a cleansing energy. Um, but my favorite is an Epsom salt bath, two cups of Epsom salt. You could put in essential oil if you want and then soak in a hot tub for 10 to 20 minutes. And energetically, you will look different and you will feel different physically when you get out. It'll be like a little, little glow around you when you look in the mirror and you will start to feel so much better. And then if you're really going through something, do three Epsom salt baths uh, in a row, three days in a row, and you'll feel that that will help you to shift too. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Even as you were talking, I was thinking about my coworker, Jenny, and I always talk about how, when we put our apron on in the morning, we feel like we're like, I don't, we don't use the word like armoring up, but we feel like it like puts us in that space. So maybe it's almost like that white light. Yes. And everything is intention. That's so well said. Everything is intention, putting on that apron, getting dressed in the morning. If you're a teacher in front of the students, you know, picking up a pen or an eraser, or just standing in front of uh, the students, or even as the bartender, like you own your space a hundred percent. Yeah. And even like, like, I feel like even just like the days I have where I show up early enough to like fill my water bottle up, put my flower essence in my water to, you know, keep my energy separated, put my apron on, like fold towels. It's like, I have to like, they're like rituals almost that like get me into the flow. Mm -hmm. And you're mindful, you're consciously aware of everything that you're doing. So it helps to like steep your energy in your body and you're preparing for the day. I love that. I, I feel like I love the idea of like a closing prayer or something you're saying as you leave. I think that sounds like a beautiful addition. Mm -hmm. And then so, when you go to bed at night, mm -hmm. whatever's lingering that you didn't clear earlier is just tie it to a balloon, an imaginary balloon, and then send it away and then clear your space. You can do it all while you're laying in bed with the visualization of a white light coming through and sweeping floor to ceiling, wall to wall above, as well as below and just protects the space of whoever human or animals are in your house. So everybody can sleep peacefully and armoring and shield yourself as you, you prepare for a good night slumber, because in our wake state, you know, we're doing our work as well. But when we go to sleep, 
we are doing more work in our sleep than we are in our wake state. So that's why sometimes we wake up and we're so exhausted is because we're, we're really going through some things. And sometimes we have wonderful experiences. Sometimes it's just like, woof, I don't feel like I even slept. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. There's the dreams, like, you know, like, I don't know if it's just the world right now or what, but I feel like I've been having like vivid dreams and like when like animals are in dreams or things like that, like the, the, this, is it the subconscious, like working through what you can't work through consciously, or is it, is what, what is it? It's a little bit of everything. And depending on who you talk to and the, the Freudian dreams and, you know, the philosophies and the theories, uh, it, it could be multiple, multiple things. Uh, a lot of times it is our subconscious working through problems. There's another person, I don't know if it's Joe Dispenza, who always talks about putting your intention before you go to bed of whether you want uh, answer or revelation about something is like, give your subconscious something to do while you sleep. So when you wake up and you have the answer or you feel relief around something. So it depends on what's going on. And then we also have a, we receive a lot of healing, a lot of healing energy, um, the vision. Sometimes we get visits from our, our loved ones, guides, angels, and we'll, we'll feel a, a loving presence and it can be, well, it is so important to get at least, you know, five to seven, eight hours, depending on, you know, everyone's needs, but that's where a place that we go to recharge our body, mind, soul, and spirit. So it's our body, our energy, our soul are talking to us in different ways, as well as the universe and the divine. Oh, I love that. And I'm going to do that, um, saying an intention. Cause I was chased by a bobcat the other night and I just, or a mountain lion or something, and I wasn't restful. So I would, I'm going to start, you know, putting a little bit of an intention into the slumber part of my life. And there are dream books that you could look up and what does a, a bobcat or a mountain lion, uh, represent in the dream. And if something is chasing us, and there's another analogy too, that everything that we dream about is different aspects of ourselves. you know? So it's like, what are we running from and where do we feel if there's danger involved? Um, so it just, it's can be multifaceted and just the awareness of when we wake up, cause some people don't remember their dreams. And then sometimes people remember, and then they have a, a dream notebook or a dream journal when they wake up at two or three in the morning, or whenever they wake up from their alarm, they'll journal their dreams because it also is prophetic and can mean something and also give us clear direction forward too. So oh, I, I love would, that. Yeah, so, yeah. So the next part of this is I'm really excited. I, like, I feel like I found my dream salon clients because everyone in the salon yesterday was game to give a question for you. So if you're open to it, I would love to play some of the questions we have for you. Yes. And your dream clients is because you have your vibe out there and you already attracted that. So this is exactly, you know, on par for who you are and what, everything you've overcome and practice in your life. That's phenomenal. It was, it was a cool moment yesterday. Cause I was like, I, I, no one had, I didn't have to talk anyone into it. I was like, this is so fun. This all <laughs> works together. That's awesome. Okay. So, um, I'm just going to go down the list, but I've got client number one. Here is her question. My sister died suddenly two years ago, and she recently visited me in a dream in a way that felt really real. And I was wondering if you could talk about when we have an experience of someone we loved who's no longer here in physical form showing up in a dream. Mm, I love that question. 
Yes, those are visits. We call those visits and dreams. And that is when we're the most open and less skeptical throughout the day. They'll come to us when we're in between, you know, the sleep state and the wake state. And whether they talk to us, whether they actually physically touch us, sometimes they'll talk to us telepathically where their mouths aren't moving, but it's a feeling, a sense, or a knowing. Uh, it could be around a birthday, a celebration of they feel our grief and they're really trying to come through to help us, to heal us, to soothe us. And sometimes that's when we least expect it, which is the most important is because we're not, when we're expecting something, we can block it. And there's people that go to bed every night that are just waiting, like, oh, tonight's the night, tonight's the night, but sometimes energetically they're blocking it. So they're not always able to, their loved ones are able to come through. But those are visits and even animals that curl up next to their human when they are sleeping at night. Like I felt so-and-so, you know, by my legs or by my head, or I saw them uh, sitting on top of my chest, you know, what they used to do when they were here on the earth. So it's, it's a, a opening for our animals and humans to come through, to be with us, to show love and to just to feel that love and presence from one another. It's, it's powerful. And those are the visits that you can literally relate even years down the road verbatim how you how it felt what you saw and you can just see it so vividly in your mind yeah that's beautiful and she had shared that um an uncle had passed away and she had said a prayer that if he needed to come see her or like wanted to just because she was afraid he was afraid and it she felt it maybe created an opening for her sister to come mm. It also helped her to be prepared for her sister to come too. Yes. Yes. Okay. So question number two. We got a new puppy who's five months old and we have an eight-year-old um, dog who's still has a lot of energy and they aren't getting along too well. Um, and I'm trying to wonder what I should do. The um, puppy who's five months old always bites the older dog to try to get him to play. And then he's rough with the puppy. So Murphy's a puppy. Gus is the older dog. And I'm wondering what I should do. Um, I feel like Gus isn't too happy and kind of sad because the kids always give all this attention to the puppy and the puppy needs the attention because he um, is a lot of work. Great question. Love this. And so common is when we're talking with animals, we always tend to talk out loud to them. And the key part is telepathic pictures, feelings, images, emotions that are being transferred back and forth between the human to animal. So as we're talking, we want to make sure we show them the pictures in our mind. Number one step is why did you get the puppy? And a lot of times we do this because we lost another animal or we need help with the other dog because the other dog was so much work or this dog needed to be rescued. So you would tell the current household dog, Gus, of why you got the puppy for one, two, that Gus is still numero uno, and that you put Gus first with everything, that in and out the house first, getting food first, treats first, um, but just reassuring Gus that he is still very important and that the puppy is a puppy and he just is requiring more energy. Also give Gus permission to correct the puppy in subtle, gentle ways, which dogs do. <sighs> and then for the puppy to, to know that he has to respect Gus and no biting or the biting too much or too hard is 
you're in your mind, you're going to show the puppy uh, just maybe mouthing or not biting the humans or the dog at all, but just grabbing a toy and then bringing the toy to Gus for the Gus to like initiate play if Gus wants to. So you're, you have in your mind, it's like having two children and you're trying to get them to practice respecting each other and the boundaries and as well as learning to communicate. And then for Gus, you can let the puppy know or for Gus to know that he can help to train the puppy if he chooses. Animals do have free will and choice, just like us humans, um, but giving him the option of how it would look in your mind for him to help train the puppy. And then Gus feels like, again, the status and his, the importance, and then reassuring Gus what is his role in the house, being the top dog, protecting the house, but that you guys still love him. And then telling the kids to make sure that they give Gus lots of attention to. That's a good yeah. place to start. Yeah, no, because she was saying that uh, she felt like everyone was kind of fussing over the puppy. Mm-hmm. And, so and even Gus- people that are new coming to the house, just like make sure you say hi to Gus first. And if even if they're paying attention to the puppy, then make sure your your family is saying hi to Gus or sitting by Gus and petting him and inviting Gus into the room. Or if you're going outside, invite Gus to come and giving him the choice, but just make sure that Gus feels seen just like us humans would want. Oh, love that. Okay. Question number three. Hi, Stacey. I have a three-year-old dog who yells at me at various points in the day, mostly in the afternoon. I was wondering if you have any insights. Hmm. That can be several things. And especially if I don't know the dog's name or anything like that. So sometimes when our animals are sitting in front of us and barking, it could mean not only like breakfast or lunch or the midnight or mid afternoon stack. So it could be treat related. Um, it could be like, get, get me outside to go for a walk or go in the backyard, or you're working on your computer, come sit on the floor with me or let's play. So the, the, the verbal is the dog barking and the relay of the message is usually going to be again, telepathic thoughts, pictures, feelings, images. So what she could do, nice deep breath, close her eyes, and then ask him or ask Izzy again, what do you want? And then she might see a flash in her mind of the hand in the treat jar, or she'll see a quick flash of them walking outside on the pavement or she might see a flash of needing to go out in the backyard because she has to go potty or to relieve herself. And then if you get caught up, you know, in our mind again, just take another nice deep breath, ask again for another picture, and then you'll get a double of whatever it is that, you know, the dog may need. And remember as well is like, if we, the human are caught up in work or watching TV and we're kind of zoned out, they try to shake up shake us up to stay present and come back into the present moment. So sometimes it's just, excuse me, as much for the animal as it is for us. My cat used to jump on my desk, you know, years ago of, of course, yeah, she wants to get pet and headbutt, headbutt me and get attention. But she's also saying, you've been working too much on the computer. Let's go. You go get something to eat, something to drink, and then come back with fresh eyes and you a renewed spirit and then get back to work. So it could mean several different things. So yeah, she might yeah. just take a moment. Okay, cool. And then the last question. I lost my dog, Louis, recently. I would like to know if he's, he's at peace. Yes. Yes. 
It is for animals, which can be a little different with humans, because sometimes humans have more fears of crossing into the spirit plane or any religious hiccups that they have been taught or learned along the way, or they're fearful of what might be on the other side. Where animals, it's like snapping their fingers and going right to the spirit plane. And from my experience of doing this work for over 20 years with people as well as with animals, it's like a freaking reunion. People and animals in the spirit plane come to greet our humans and animals. They don't have to know each other on the earth. It could be decades that they've been deceased. It does not matter. There's so much that comes to light to that soul when they're in the spirit plane that they just, they know and see everything on the earth of what happened in that soul's journey and purpose. So when that animal, you know, Louie made it to the spirit plane, he was greeted with lots of love as well as with humans and animals. And they're completely restored to their wholeness and oneness. There is no pain. If they lost an eye, they have both eyes. If they lost a limb, they have the limb back. Any other physical discrepancy or pain or illness is completely gone. And they're vibrant and vivacious. And it's a blissful, euphoric experience. And even though they still see our grief here on the earth as humans, they come through with such love and joy and gratitude. And the biggest message that I like, it makes me emotional even saying that is that they don't want us to have the regrets that they know that we as the humans did everything we possibly could. I always share that if there was something else we were meant to do, we would have been guided to do it. So there's never like a missed opportunity. And I know people will struggle. I don't know if it was the right time. Did I wait too long? But our animals also intuitively, telepathically let us know that they're ready. And then we just make the final call to the vet to come over. We take the animal in. So they already know when they're they're ready and they're letting us know that it's time. So that's the difference that I would love for everyone to see is that they're just, they're telling us and we're just following through with their wishes. That's beautiful. And it was making me think about you know, when, after Capone passed away, like my first day back on the salon, the fire alarm went off, the whole building's evacuated. And, you know, the signs he sends me, like in that moment, I knew he was saying, I'm always going to be with you and like, look for fire trucks. And ever since then, like, I swear to God, fire trucks, like firefighters, everyone, like I see them and I, they find me in moments that I'm looking for direction or guidance. And can you speak to a little bit about the signs that people get? And is there always one, like, I know before Birdie was born, I was thinking about it the other day, getting prepared for this. I was like, I used to like be on walks and I, with Capone, I'd look up at trees and I would always find nests like for birds nests. And I realize now I'm like, I think that it was like pointing me towards like my little bird. And so can you speak to signs that your loved ones or just that you might be getting from the universe? How wonderful. Thank you for sharing your (laughs) signs. And it doesn't have to make logical sense, but that was for you of, of making nests and, or seeing nests, like how phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. For signs of humans and animals that have crossed, there are so many. And sometimes it's the most obvious to the the silliest, smallest thing. And it's different for everyone. It can go to pennies, coins from heaven is the old term, feathers. Sometimes seeing a wild animal, people see cardinals, hawks, crows, owls, uh, eagles. 
different animals, wildlife, a fox or raccoons, whatever it may be. And I'm a big believer in so songs on the radio of um, billboards, license plates, trucks that are passing with like little signs. It could be, you know, great blue heron on the side of a U-Haul truck, you know, whatever you relate to with that human or with that animal and also being open. It doesn't have to be the same thing every time. It can be multiple things. And when Maple, my beloved cat of 17 and a half years, who is this master teacher guru, she died December 1st of 2022. The day after she had passed, I went on a walk and there was an owl hooting on the side of a, a apartment complex as I was walking. And I immediately gutturally started crying because I just knew that was her. And we had have owls where I'm at. We had howls, owls where we lived, excuse me, in the Midwest. <laughs> So that's like nothing new, but the energy and the synchronicity of how that happened of all the times I've been on this walk and this journey, this path, there's never been an owl right on the rooftop. And I just, it almost brought me to my knees. So when we overanalyze things, it's that can get in the way. So that's when I always say, close your eyes, breathe, squeeze your glutes, sink into your body. And then usually in your gut or your heart, you'll feel like an expansion, uh, an openness of like, oh, this is what it is. And sometimes it's still a constriction because it can feel like, oh my God, I, I feel them, but it hurts too much, but oh, it feels so good at the same time. So there are many yeah. different things of even books falling off the shelf. When we're in home, the lights will flicker, uh, pictures on the wall will be turned, you know, or tilted a little bit. So they do many different things. And they, these are just some of the few. Yeah. The songs thing speaks to me. Like, I feel like I, I like, like it was in the car with birdie and I was like, wow, I can't believe it's my 200th episode. And I was like, kind of having the morning where I was like, this isn't how I thought my morning would go. And we're in the car and on comes on this song. I just want to celebrate that song. And I look back at birdie and she's, I go, Capone, just turned this song on for us. And she nodded like, oh, I know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Kids. No right there, you know? So it's like, we, as the humans are just catching up and they're like, yeah, I know. Or he's sitting here in the back seat with me. Yeah, totally. totally. She looks at me like that all the time. A fire truck went by our daycare and I go, pony's never done this at daycare. And she goes, no. And she smiled. And I was like, oh my God. Like, and I feel like it is really cool to have a kid because you get to like be in this like mystical, magical world. And people aren't like, what a weirdo. She's, she's, she gets it. (laughs) Yep. And they can, be in their house or in their room, in their crib and looking at the ceiling or looking down the hall or looking up at the corner in the family room. She's like, what are you looking at? What's like, oh, is that grandma? Is that grandpa? Is that Capone? Like, who is that? Animals will also do that too, where they're, they're laying on their bed or on the floor and they just start looking around. You're like, oh, so-and-so's here. Yeah. We, yeah. Whenever bubbles is outside and she's kind of zoned out, the new puppy, I always say Capone's having a talk with her about like, hang in there with them. They're still heartbroken (laughs) from me. So you're just going to have to keep being great and they're going to see it soon. And I love that. It's something that you're knowing, even if it's like, you're think you're guessing intuitively, it's just like, you're feeling it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be visible to the eye. And that's why I would say, fake it till you make it pretend. What would it look like? What would it feel like? Yeah. To just infuse a little more magic into your life. So for someone that wants to do that, I've done one of your courses before. You've got one coming up. You've got another class that you're teaching. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I feel like part of 
like kind of connecting back with myself has been like getting more into childlike play, doing things that are fun and being a part of your program was that way for me. So I know there are people that would be interested. Oh, I love teaching and these are near and dear to my heart. And I feel it has helped me through my life and decades of this, but I feel like for class, the class that's kind of come up and starting on April 8th, it's called a soul empowerment series. And it's offering support. It's offering new tools to navigate life. It's offering a safe space to be and come as you are. It's a judgment-free zone. And it just gives you a place and a space to check in with yourself, see where you are, and then also give you tools for the next coming month of how to navigate this you know, the trials and tribulations coming up and gets you excited for feeling like you are part of something and that you actually belong. And just, it's a sense of community like no other. And I call it like a spiritual and emotional foundation. And you don't have to show up every month. You can, it's recorded. It's for four months. It's three hours a month. So I'll say it again, three hours a month for you of self-care and it's recorded so you can listen to it later. There's a guided meditation and it's specific for each topic that we do as a group. And then there's a little handout that goes in afterwards. And so even if you don't do any of the homework, doesn't matter, show up the next month. It's all you have to do is just show up as you are, but it's the, the sense of feeling rewarded and fulfilled and giving you just different ways to look at life where you feel inspired as a boost. And it's also helping you to find more of a deeper connection of your true authentic self. So you live your life for you and not for others. So a very sacred space. Oh, totally. Yeah. We all need that. Oh, amen, sister. And then the second class is for animals and it's a basic animal communication class. It's online. It starts May 6th. It's a Saturday. It's a full day workshop from 10 AM to 4 PM. It's super fun, enlightening, invigorating, and you get to reawaken more of your gifts. It also will prove validations like, oh my God, I've been doing this all along, 100%. So anyone who shares a life with an animal is already intuitively connected with your animal. You're just not consciously aware of how. So this class gives you specific tools and techniques. We'll do a guided meditation to connect more deeply as well as to help lift all of the, the fears and doubts about all of the gifts and abilities, but a clear co connection and communication with your animal. And then uh, it's recorded and it's sent to you afterwards as well as the handout. So you get to use this forever and ever. It's a lifelong tool and it's something that your animals will re respond to immediately and it will continue to build your bond with your animals here as well as the animals have crossed. It's just a very empowering um, class. Oh, that sounds awesome. And I have your website memorized because I am your biggest fan. So I'm just going to share it with everyone. It's allspirithealing.com. It'll be in the show notes, but I am Stacy's biggest fan. I don't know if you know that, Stacy, but I'm just, I really feel like I can say without a doubt, I'm your biggest fan. Oh, I am honored, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful for you. And again, the light that you carry, and I'm just delighted to be here with you today and sharing in the energy and space and just continue to help you to make waves and do you do what you're meant to here to do as well as to, to share some of the tools and techniques as well that can help uh, your human and animal family and for oh, others. Thank you so much for your time today. I'll put all your information in the show notes and thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you, Lindsay. 